welcome to the show. Great to be with you today. Thanks for being a part of the show, listening in. Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk, in studio today. That was a um, a good Lenten vibe, I guess you could say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> like if I if I'm picturing the Lord entering the desert, I don't think that's the soundtrack. <laughs> Which, by the way, Adam picks the music for the show, so I, I never Clearly. really know what's going to happen, but it's fun. <laughs> It, it kind of like started off kind of rocky, like rock and rolly, mm-hmm. uh, but then ended up kind of like this '80s sort of soft, you know, tune, Pop, which, yeah. which I like. Uh, but anyway, it's <laughs> maybe maybe it's like a Sunday in Lent song. Yeah, that's about that? that's the fifth Sunday of Lent vibe. <laughs> <laughs> like you're almost there, guys. Keep going. Exactly. Well, oh, welcome man. everyone. Thanks for being a part of the show. Whether you're listening on the podcast or on the radio. Surely appreciate it. Uh, we were actually off last week. Uh, it was Mardi Gras week. Schools are out for the most part. You know, festivities mm-hmm. are happening as we lead up to Lent with Mardi Gras. Of course, we've talked a lot about that, but, you know, we, we did take the week off. What did mm-hmm. you do last week? I didn't hear from you. I actually went to a parade. Did you? Which we normally... actually went to two parades, gotcha. believe it or not. Day parades. Yeah. Well, um, I'm a deacon at a wonderful parish. Mm-hmm. And one of the parishioners um, invited my family, along with father, to their parade spot. You know, you know when you have high class friends when they have their own parade spot, right? You know, like, hey, here's where we go every year. We set up this tent, and I'm like, wow, I've never experienced this level of of prestige <laughs> before, right? So anyway, we we went. There was a pit we could put meat on it, so I brought meat to do that, and uh, we caught beads. Nice. So we had a good time. It was a great time. Yeah, which is interesting because, you know, you catch all these beads and then there's nothing to do with them after. Like we donated. We went to one parade during the day. So we, had, you know, uh, the kids wanted to go. And it, and it was fine. The weather was great. Yeah, um, it was. You know, and, and it's cool to celebrate, you know, Mardi Gras. We, we uh, parked next to the church and, you know, saw some friends. But I can handle about half of a parade and then I'm mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, that was the good thing about this setup was that I literally did half of a parade. Then the rest of it, I was like, you know what? I'll just go worry about the meat on the grill. That's the key. Mm. Bring a grill. Yes. That's what I discovered this year. That's true. So when I get bored of the parade, I worry about the meat on the grill. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, we are in the middle of Lent, by the way. We just celebrated the first, you know, Ash Wednesday and the first Sunday of Lent. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, I failed at my Lenten challenge, you know, the first week. But Like a good Catholic. Yeah. That's the whole point is that uh, there's this, you know, you know, the whole idea is that we're not perfect. Like we're, we're growing in our fasting and... And prayer is is the challenge because it's helping us to grow, right? It's helping mm-hmm. us to to move forward, you know. So we we all move in to Lent with great intentions, but we're not going to be perfect at those. So we're going to talk some about that. We got a good show today, but as we get started, do you have a have you seen? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though. So have you seen the boy in Indiana um, last week, March fifth? Who got stuck in a tree? Have you seen this situation? No, no. And the chances of me seeing something that you find are <laughs> always pretty rare. Indianapolis, Indiana. So he was a teenager, so he's not like a small child, but he saw a cat. It wasn't his cat, but he saw a cat in a tree, apparently a pretty high tree. I'm looking at a picture now. It's it's pretty up there. And he just felt compelled. Um, he's 17 years old to go rescue this cat, you know? So he decides to climb this very tall tree. 
Well, of course, by the time he gets up there, the cat finds its way down safely because it didn't want, you know, cats are antisocial. So when a human comes around, Mm. the cat like finds its way down. But guess who couldn't find his way back down? The boy. So the boy's stuck in the tree now. Very stuck. And so the fire department came by um, and noticed. So they, they got the big ladder down. They were just driving by, or did somebody call? Or I think it was hollering, you know, okay. like, help, help, help. Okay. Um, and so, anyway, there's this picture in the uh, Associated Press about this where there's this team of firefighters all around this tree mm-hmm. getting this kid. <laughs> this Is he, like, kid. high up in a tree? It's high. Okay. Like, first of all, I would have never been able to get that high up because I am a little fearful of heights. Like, I w- it- if my kid was up there, but not, like, a strange cat. Yeah, so he just kept going. Probably didn't realize how high it was. Yeah. And then... Then he looks down. Yeah. Um, of course, the cat's fine, because it's a cat, and it could figure out its way down. But uh, anyway, so the um, cat owner was very grateful for, for the gesture, and so actually um, gave the boy a bit of a reward. What did he give him? The it cat? It doesn't say. No. A tree? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think financial. But um, it, doesn't say, it doesn't reveal that amount. Um, so would you get stuck in the top of a tree for a financial reward? It would have to be pretty substantial. There, <laughs> look, I'm. Not, I don't think I'm a greedy person. Maybe I am, but there are a few things I wouldn't do for like a, a price. You know, I wouldn't sin, right? For sure. Let's yeah, get yeah, that off the yeah, table. Yeah. You don't wouldn't negotiate your your morals. Definitely not. Right. But if it's something like that, where I am like afraid of heights, like I dare you to climb a tree for fifty dollars, you'd be like, sure. Not fifty. Not fifty. More, no more, but there is a price yeah. to pretty much everything for me. <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting is that uh, this kid had really good intentions. Like, he was trying to do the right thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, get to this cat in a tree, which is so, like, the stereotype. It was like, I don't know how often in my life I've seen a cat stuck in a tree, but you, you see cartoons and books right. and all these things about cats stuck in a tree. So, anyway, he climbs the tree trying you know, with a very good intentions to do the right thing, right? And then get stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this this sort of reminds me of our spiritual journey. Lent, even more so, is, you know, w- we go into Lent or we go into this fasting time in this season. We, we move into the spiritual life. Maybe we've had a conversion or a reconversion, uh, a moment of turning and waking up. And we have good intentions, right? Mm-hmm. And those intentions in our heart to do the right thing, uh, to wake up and pray, to fast, to do whatever, uh, whatever the list of things you had for Lent that you wanted to do and accomplish, you have good intentions. And th- there are points in the journey where we get stuck. Like, you know, we're like, you know, we're in the top of the tree. We're like, I'm stuck. I don't know which way to go. I, you know, I, you know, I had, had very good intentions and it didn't go the way that I thought. And, you know, I think instead of shaming ourselves or feeling guilty for not like being perfect spiritual life, I think it's, you know, the lesson from this kid is like, I need help. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, he he's, sure did. He's yelling for help, yeah. which is kind of cool. You know, like I gotta be honest. If I was as an adult in the top of a tree, I probably would not yell. Mm-hmm. I'd probably be like, I'd rather not the humiliation, <laughs> right? I'd rather die up here not saying a word or fall down or like someone see me and be like, hey, what you doing, man? But this kid like just <clears throat> started yelling, you know, just out of out of fear and worry and anxiety. Yeah. Like no shame, 
right? Mm-hmm. And and then help came, which is which is so cool because that's the spiritual life. Like we need help moving along from other people, from the church. Like that's what it's all set up to do to help us move forward. Yeah, and that story kind of reminds me of how important it is to move forward, even if you don't know what you're doing, because none of us really know what we're doing anyway. But just keep going, keep you know trying to. So, for example, like Lenten penances, none of us are spiritual masters, like, you know, with, with the depths of wisdom. We don't know exactly what we're doing in Lent, but just keep doing it and, like, go. Because if you do get stuck and you're humble enough to ask for help, that's when the church really comes alive, right? The community comes alive to help. Um, and then also the reward. You know, right. it's interesting. You got, like, a little reward for trying his best. <laughs> that's how God treats us. Here's a gift card. Right. That's how God treats us. Like... This is what he said to the woman at the well. If you give me just a little cup, I'll give you life-giving water. And so we don't know what we're doing all the time, but if we try, if we really do our best, God does reward us with grace. He rewards us with everything we need to grow spiritually, even though we don't have all the answers. Yeah, and you mentioned that, like the, the woman at the well, you know, you know, just give me a, a little cup, you know, like whatever. And it's interesting because in that, you know, I was really reflecting on this this past week. I did a two-day Lenten mission in, at a parish in Mississippi, and it really hit me as I was talking and reading about that scripture. Was playing, uh, planning and, and praying about it is, you know, the woman's response to Jesus when he asked her for water, uh, she just has a bunch of excuses. Like, what are you doing here? But the one, you know, line in there that really caught me, she says, the well's too deep. Mm-hmm. And it gave me such imagery of her heart you know and the excuses and and the feeling and the shame of just saying like the well's way too deep you can't fulfill you know and i think in our life oftentimes in spiritual journey and in our failures we come up with so many excuses maybe unintentionally maybe even subconsciously right like Mm -hmm. no god there's no way the well's too deep you don't know my past you don't know what i've done you can't fulfill my desires. So I'm just going to live this this spiritual life or this life alone. You know, I'm not going to call on the church or other people or even you because I'm so afraid that I'll fail again or the deepest desire in my heart you cannot quench like, you know, this woman at the well. And that is a massive massive misconception of who God is because the the the, the however deep our desires are there's there's no depth that god can't reach right well and forgive continuing the analogy but if we are that cat stuck in the tree (laughs) forgive the analogy yeah but like if we're on a branch spiritually that we just we're stuck and we can't move our lord has climbed has climbed the hill of calvary i know forgive forgive the analogy stay with it dude stay like we're all in on this analogy (laughs) so like Everybody's listening. Everybody's imagining themselves in a tree right now. Exactly. So, you know, our our Lord climbed the tree of the cross. Meryl. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's nothing too deep or too high. And, like, the Lord has conquered it all to reach us and, and to bring us to safety spiritually, to bring us to safety eternally. So... There is this confidence that the woman learned in the Lord that we need to learn in the Lord, too, is that there is nothing too deep in my life that mm-hmm. God can't reach. There's also nothing too high or no no height he's not willing to go or right. climb because there's, I mean, 
on Earth, the highest mountain is the Himalayas, but the one, the peak that took the most courage was the cross. I mean, Golgotha took more of what it means to be human than any other journey, any other peak, any other summit that could be climbed. Our Lord climbed that. You know, mm-hmm. he, he made that journey literally for no other reason than to be with us forever. Like, that's why he did it. And so there should be a confidence, especially in the Lenten season, to look up at, at the cross and say, our Lord climbed that mountain for me, hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're overstretching the analogy. Like, <laughs> please like, forgive it. <laughs> you know, like Jesus chose to climb the cross. He chose right. it freely. Uh, and, you know, he moved obviously past good intentions, right? Like, right. F- like freely choosing to do this for us, right? And th- this is what Lent's about, obviously, as we journey through Lent, is that we learn to join in Christ's journey, in, in the journey to the cross, in our pain and suffering. We call it, what, the Paschal Mystery, right? Experiencing the life, the death, the resurrection, the Paschal Mystery with Christ, not alone, but joining our minds and our hearts to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where we find true freedom. That's, that's where, you know, <clears throat> our hearts become satisfied uh, because all of us in our life are going to experience the highs and lows in life and in, in the spiritual journey. We're going to experience joy and suffering, pain, and, and all these things. And yet in Christ, it all makes sense. Uh, as we join our hearts to him, you know, so as we, we're in, in Lent, you know, it was interesting. I was reading this quote by St. Padre Pio, mm-hmm. the old Padre Pio. <laughs> and he said, in the spiritual life, he who does not advance goes backwards. Mm. It happens as with a boat, which always must go ahead. If it stands still, the wind will blow it back. Wow. And, you know, th- this is this is where we're at, like, mm-hmm. you know, in the spiritual life. Like, we all know it's like, like, oh, the motor's broke or it stopped or the sail went down and then the wind's blowing us the wrong way. And if you spent any time on the water, like, you know this to be true. Like, the wind can wreak havoc on you if, if you're not moving, right? Um, and in the spiritual life, I mean, so it is. Like, but he doesn't say that, you know, if we don't advance fast, Mm-hmm. We don't advance at rapid pace. He just says this this idea that we're slowly moving forward, you know, inching along in the spiritual journey. And when, when we come to a standstill and we begin to move backwards, the church is there to pull us forward and other people, you know, which I, I find like to go back to the tree analogy, it, it reminds me of the passage where the paralytic is is lowered through the roof by his friends. Mm-hmm. Like it takes his community of friends to bring him to Jesus. And this kid is stuck in the top of a tree. He can't get down alone. Mm-hmm. Like he, like the, in his mind, he's paralyzed. Like he's done. And so it takes, you know, the firefighters come and the neighbors, all the encouragement, the people down on the ground, and then they get up and they grab him. And the humility of the kid to say, I need help. Right. And I, and I go back to like, as adults, I think we become less and less humble because we, we don't want to experience the humility of admitting that we're failures or we mess up or we're imperfect. Mm-hmm. And yet 
being humble uh, and experiencing humiliation in a in a good way is part of the Christian journey. I mean, imagine the humiliation of Christ that he experienced on the cross, on the journey to Golgotha. Yeah. Well, and that humiliation is part of the Lenten journey in that our Lenten journey ends at Easter, where we renew our baptismal vows, which most of us made as infants. And if you haven't been to a baptism recently, one of the reasons why adults attend baptism, it's not because we're attending the baptism like just to see this kid, but we attend a baptism as part of our own spiritual renewal (laughs) that we see ourselves as those little kids, those little infants completely dependent on God, completely dependent on their parents. And at any time we renew our baptismal vows, we're not just renewing our like adult strength and, and ability to provide for ourselves. We're renewing our childlike dependency to say like, I am, I'm still that infant. So every year the church asks us to go back to the baptismal font to remember where we came from, that we're still completely dependent no matter how old we get or how able we get or how self-sufficient we get, we still are those infants depending completely on God. Hmm. And that's what we're going to renew at Easter. And Lent is literally a time to go into the wilderness to depend completely on God like Jesus did for 40 days on his Father. And it should be humiliating. It should be a time of, of great humility, which is why it's so sad. I mean, a lot of us, Lent becomes a, um, a time of spiritual pride hmm. where we start to show off how much we could do, you know, and how awesome we are because we gave up such and such or could do such and such. Yeah. That's the opposite. Yeah, it should be more like admitting how much I I stink. Yeah. How much I, f- I fail, right? Like, honestly. I'm up in a tree and I can't get down. Exactly, because unless we realize that we personally are the ones that Jesus came to save, then we'll never understand why Jesus came. That's right. Like, unless we realize we're the sinner stuck at the top of the tree, that we're the failure. And if anyone gets through Lent perfect and prideful, like, I don't know if they've really experienced fully Christ, you know? Yeah. And and so I'm not saying, like, we fail for the sake of failing. I'm saying, like, our, our, our nature uh, moves us to understanding that we are in need of a Savior, Jesus, and we're imperfect in our actions and our thoughts, and and the Lord is there to rescue us and pull us down and, and save us. So, all right, uh, we're going to take a break. Be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you today. Deacon Adam Cronk, Paul George in studio, where you listen on the podcast. Thanks for being a part of the show or on the radio, KLFT here in Acadiana. Yeah, I want to appreciate that uh, thorough exhaustion of that analogy that we just did. Dude, and we spread I that thing it. thin. We got yeah. everything <laughs> out of it. And if we go back to Rung it, it dry. it would not surprise me <laughs> <laughs> at all because we are the masters at continuing the analogy. <laughs> 
And I'm pretty sure during the six pack of questions, it will be revisited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just got back from doing a two day parish mission. It was interesting. You know, the theme that they picked as a parish diocese uh, for the mission was uh, the word return. Uh, coming around the scripture of the prodigal son, the lost son. Wow. And returning for Lent, you know, and I thought it was interesting. It's like a diocesan theme for Lent? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for them. And, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that really challenged me in in my life, so when I go speak somewhere and I, it could be a conference or a parish, whatever, instead of me saying, like, here's what I'm coming to talk on, you know, people may ask, like, what are your topics? But I always ask, like, what, what is your theme or what have you discerned or prayed about that needs to happen? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing, like, what, what's going on. And one of the things that really challenges me is that people will come back with, like, a theme or a word or, you know, a direction. And then I have to take that and plan. So it really causes me to pray, plan, like, restructure. Like, I can't just go in with, like, this canned sort of talk that I've been right. I've been having in my back pocket for the last, you know, five years, right? Right. And so I really was, you know, dove into the scripture of the prodigal son, which I've read many times in my life. Yeah, but it's um, a deep well. With the theme of return, you know, with this, with this you know, that, that, that spiritual image of returning. And it, it was, it was cool. I think I got more out of the Lenten mission than maybe the people, because I spent That's a awesome. lot of time really kind of reflecting and praying on it. That is awesome. Well, man, I wish you many more of those situations. That yeah. sounds like it was really fruitful. Well, it, and that being said, like the, the cool thing that they, they started their Lenten mission at their parish the first week. So it was Ash Wednesday. And then the Lenten mission was Thursday, Friday. So oh, cool. it was the first week of, of Lent, and like they just came out of the gates with like, here's our theme, here's where we're going, here's the direction. What diocese is this? Uh, diocese of Biloxi. Go ahead, Biloxi. Yeah, so it was good, but really, like I was thinking, is like, yeah, I mean, ultimately that is Lent for us. Like it's us like returning, you know, to the Father. It, it it's us like coming back to the Father. It's mm-hmm. it's this reconversion, and I, and it's sort of like you said, like if. You know, if Lent's about like our spiritual pride and, you know, like flexing our spiritual muscles to the rest of the world, I think we got it wrong. Like, I think it's more the understanding that I'm one of the two sons in that passage. I, I'm I'm the lost son who who has lived loosely, mm-hmm. uh, or I'm I'm the you know the good son who has you know worked in the field and is not paying attention to the father, mm-hmm. either, right? And you could define loose living in all sorts of different ways. The more and more you have conversion, but loose living is this idea that I can do this in this moment without help, without God, right? Mm-hmm. And that can extend to all sorts of different behaviors, and it can extend to just your basic work each day or your family. And the the more and more we live loosely outside of like a relationship with God, that's when we fall into, you know, sin. Yeah, yeah. I I tend to have both sons in me. <laughs> So, <laughs> when I think that's the whole point of the, like the passage. Ultimately, like when we when we grow in this spiritual journey, like we realize mm-hmm. that there's a little bit of, bo- of both the sons in us, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the the kind of the main thing that stuck out to me is that the father in the passage, the prodigal son. If you go back and read and really kind of just dissect it and look, there's all sorts of wonderful spiritual things that you can get out of it, and we could all read it and get something different out of it. But from the very 
I guess you could say more of a theological undertone in it, right? Is that the father is very consistent. So the same image that we have of the father in Genesis 3, when God goes in search of Adam and Eve, Mm -hmm. when they sin. So, you know, God goes looking for them, it says in the scripture. This image of the father who is active in relationship. He, he is the initiator and the pursuer, right? Mm-hmm. I think the, the one of the great misconceptions and spiritual flaws that we have in our culture is that, that uh, we have to do everything in our relationship with God, that, that we are the, we are the pursuers, the initiators. And that, that's not, that's not true. Like it's God who initiates, you know, Jesus initiated the like he climbed the he grabbed the cross right like he chose it the father initiates relationship with us and yes we have a response to that right right grace flows through nature like our ability to choose what is good grace flows so that theme in genesis you see it happening in the passage with the prodigal son the father goes out to the son who's the prodigal son who's coming back. He, he, he runs to him. He, he, he seeks him. He initiates the embrace, mm-hmm. right? And with the good son, when the good son is all angry and mad of what's happening, it says the father goes out to him. So this image that the father seeks him out as well, you see is very consistent in that passage related to the same image of the father in Genesis. Yeah, I love that. And the only son that we know returns to the father is, of course, the prodigal one. I mean, the old the story ends with the father pleading with that eldest son, but it doesn't say the eldest son comes back inside and all is well. And so I think, you know, for us, um, who are maybe, fa- you know, the faithful people, so to speak. In other words, we live in the house, typically, so maybe we're not going in far kingdoms and whatever. So those of us who are, like, walking this Christian walk, we're serious about it. I mean, there's a, there's a certain uh, danger that we stop returning. You know, we stop growing. We stop repenting. We stop um, letting ourselves be converted and changing because we assume, well, we're, we're just, we're in the house. We're doing the right things. We're doing, you know, and that is a danger because the one who, le- the prodigal one, the one who leaves knows what it's like to come back. Like, obviously, so for example, think of someone you know that's away from the faith completely. They know what it means to come back. Go to confession. Go to Mass. Right? Like, it's easy to, to for them to visualize what does it mean to come back to the Father. I think it's harder for us to imagine as, quote-unquote, faithful Catholics, ones that are going to Mass on every Sunday, you know, ones that are going to confession, it's harder to have that imagination of, what does it mean to actually return to the Lord? Hmm. And that is the purpose of Lent, is to return. And so these missions, like the one you gave, I mean, they're so important because they help us imagine. They help us think a little deeper. They help us rethink, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Hey, now, rethink. Hey, now. Um, what returning means to the Father for me? Because I am just as much in need to return as the, as the other son is, for yeah. sure. Speaking of returning, uh, do we have a segment on... <laughs> Weird Catholic stuff. What? What are you talking about? I don't understand this. What's that? This is so weird. Huh? What is it with you Catholics? Weird Catholic stuff. <laughs> 
All right. So um, it's like uh, it's like a crashing into something, and then things just go dark. That's right. Like it's just like it's like a roller coaster ride right through that 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 intro, and then the roller coaster just stops. You're like, oh, whew, I can breathe. <laughs> it's fun though. Yeah. Um, did you know that there's a patron saint of fireworks? I did not know that. I would love to tell you how Saint Barbara, who we've heard about before, um, became the patron saint of fireworks because it's—I've never heard the story. It's weird. Okay. Um, so we've heard of Saint Barbara. Many of us. She was a daughter to a wealthy heathen named uh, Diocra- Dioscorus. That's Dioscorus. Dioscorus. <laughs> but she converted to Christianity. Um, he was not excited about that. Okay. So he actually is the one who tortured her and then killed her for her faith. So she's a martyr by her own father. All right? So okay. that's St. Barbara. But the um, the weird part, which I didn't know because I'd heard that part, but so he, he actually beheaded her with, her with his own hands. Can you imagine? Wow. Yeah. That, so the weird part is he was, he was going home after that. So he kills his daughter, who's a Christian. Okay. He's heading home by lightning and died on the spot really on the way home yeah wow yeah and so um this proved to everybody who knew the situation that the christian god was over the roman gods like zeus let's say god of lightning so like it was a moment of conversion for the community because it proved the faith that barbara died for to be greater than the one that her father was killing for does that make sense yeah so that story became kind of famous, and the uh, they started connecting Barbara with the weather and like power over the weather. And so it started with first they were they would invoke Saint Barbara with um, thunderstorms and those loud noises or whatever. But as soon as uh, gunpowder was invented, which came many years later, um, Saint Barbara became associated because of the loud noises. With that's weird, like thunder, you know, like invoking Saint Barbara for the fireworks, and so now she is um, the patron saint of fireworks. But also, um, you know, you can invoke her like lightning smiting your enemies, kind of thing too. <laughs> I guess but that's just a weird story, but it's true. And yeah, so Saint Barbara, if you're a firework enthusiast. You have a patron saint, and if you have enemies, I guess, um, that you need God to deal with, you can ask St. Barbara, say, hey, God, you deal with these enemies through the intercession of St. Barbara. It's not my problem. So That's, that is weird. I didn't know they would even have a patron saint of fireworks. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I could have used that saint when I was a kid when we'd have firework wars and shoot each other with them, mm-hmm. and we had no parental guidance or <laughs> oversight you know people were getting their eyes shot and clothes set on fire so uh well this july 4th when you're watching all the fireworks think of old saint barbara and her her father with a hard name yeah well speaking of saints like this week i don't know if you've heard of this saint and if you guys haven't uh it's interesting because it's kind of a cool name leander i've saint never heard of saint leander leander of seville Okay. Now, it seems like a saint that's sort of like, oh, it's one of those saints that we know nothing about, right? right? And, but the saint is 
pretty uh, a pretty big deal. It's actually uh, a doctor of the church, um, <clears throat> honored as a doctor of the church. Saint Leander of Seville was bishop. Okay, so here's his claim to fame, which is a pretty big deal. <laughs> the next time you recite the Nicene Creed at mass. That was his idea? Hello. Think of today's saint, which is this week. It was Leander of Seville who, as bishop, introduced the practice in the 6th century. He saw it as a way to help reinforce the faith, right, uh, of his people um, and as an antidote against the heresies that were happening at the time. No kidding. So as we recite the creed, like, so you know more about the liturgy, we have a couple of creeds, right? Yeah, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. Yeah. You could use either in our Mass today, but usually the Nicene Creed is... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you say the Nicene Creed, it's it's a proclamation of our faith, but it, it's the dogma, really, and the truth of our faith. And he instituted that as, as a way to fight the heresy. This is exactly what we believe, no questions about it. And so it was St. Leander. No kidding. It's a pretty big deal. That is a big deal. I mean, think about that. I mean, this was in the... Uh, he died like in 600. So this was like in the, you know, late 500s. And, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> man, I had 1,500 no, years later, I had no idea about this. we're reciting the Nicene Creed. Well, thank you, St. Leander. Yeah. Plus, it's a cool name. Would you name a kid Leander? No. No? But I hear he has a pretty big heart. Core. Core Leander. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Meow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean so anyway. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity Healthshare, has prices that are sixty percent less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks again for listening in. Deacon Adam Conk sitting right here. We took the week off last week from Mardi Gras. Mm. I thought I'd hear from you last week, but I didn't. Oh, boy. Yeah, you must have just took off, you know, rested. You work at a school, so any day off, you're just mm. probably, what do you, crash and burn? Like what? Well, those days, uh, I was hitting it hard, having fun with the family. Fun Fun days. You had some parades. Family fun days, yeah. Yep. Although I did text you about something, about a dream I had with you. Yeah, and you just texted me. We actually hadn't talked about this. Like, this is, do you dream often? Yeah, I have dreams often. Okay. You know, so my wife and I have been fighting about this pretty much our whole marriage. Wow, okay. So she dreams often, okay? And you're an anti-dreamer. I don't dream much. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've always told her, and she'll wake up and be like, I didn't sleep well. I, I had a bunch of dreams. And I've always said, like, if you're dreaming, you're sleeping good. 
Mm-hmm. Like your body is like next level. Like it is like <laughs> somewhere else. It is like Padre Pio ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Like you're by locating. Like you're mm-hmm. you're in REM times ten. Like that's if you're dreaming, you're you're like you're sleeping. You're sleeping. Like that's mm-hmm. my thought, right? And I know this because I don't dream much, and I know I don't sleep well, mm-hmm. which is an issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's like, no, that's not true. Well, come to find out, it's true, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's she's now got, like, one of those smartwatches that, like, track your sleep, you know? Oh, yeah. So she can know. And, like, she's like, I dreamed. And, like, my sleep score is, like, really good, you know? And then I'm like, yeah. So you obviously, you hit the pillow sometimes and you're just out. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so you're out cold in another world and you have a dream about me? Yeah, you're in a dream. Yeah. Yeah, okay. this happened. Um I don't know why, but I, it was, I guess we were here. I don't know where we're at. Maybe here. And you just start telling me this story about your life. So this is your dream. Yes. Okay. And you're like, you'll never guess what happened. <laughs> I say, what? <laughs> you say, well, um, at our house in our backyard, mm-hmm. we've had this statue since we bought it. And you, y'all bought a house when? I don't know, a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We moved it almost three years ago. Yeah. So, so like, it was just there when you bought the house. There was this Pieta statue. Okay. Um, which is great. That has always been there. And so that's like Our Lady holding uh, our Lord down from the cross, you know, that kind of image. And, um, and you say, anyway, this somebody was at our house the other day and said, you know, that statue is probably worth a lot of money. And I said, really? He said, yeah, it was, apparently it's made of precious Italian marble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, okay. And you said, turns out he was right. We sold it for $2 million. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Man. Do dreams come true? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, but it was it was it was the kind of story that was like, you know, it could have been easily a story of what happened to you on the way to work or something, like the way you were telling the story. But it was a pretty big big deal. Yeah. I mean, would you say that like, if I have a low, low or a high high, I'm I talk pretty consistent. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, would you say that about me? In fact, I would say if you get really excited about something, you would tend to lower the enthusiasm because like you don't want to overdo it gotcha you have a measured enthusiasm that is like you keep track of that is a funny let's keep this down of my personality (laughs) yeah actually when people talk to me on the phone they're like okay you sound like really really like chill i'm like i don't i'm just talking the way i talk and Mm -hmm. i think if you can't see my facial expressions then you're probably like you know my tone is you know pretty you know chill yeah well, that's how you were in telling me this story about how you came across Everyone $2 who's listening is going to their backyard looking for a statue <laughs> or going to like see if their statue that they've had for years is made of marble that's worth $2 million. Yeah. But apparently you might need some money soon. So congrats. Something happened in your family recently. That's yeah, a big deal. yeah. I would say $2 million could work right now <laughs> considering we have a wedding coming up. My oldest just got engaged. It's Congratulations. Yeah. You know, so that'll tell you kind of moving in this new season of life, you know, thinking of, you know, you know, kids getting married and then, you know, whatever happens mm-hmm. from there. But it's it's a cool, it's a good thing. Like, and this is a celebration of on, you know, we have about a year to plan a wedding and do all those things, but two million would help. That would that would get you on your way. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be sort of a, a good, you know, Linton, maybe I get to to Easter <laughs> sort of extravaganza. Yeah. Well you maybe know. we should start a GoFundMe on the show, like pay for Paul's daughter's wedding. We can yeah. just 
Well, this whole idea of return, just return your statues to me, That's and I'll right. do all the re- yeah, research. Yeah, don't give me your money. Just give me your statues. Just give me your statues, <laughs> and I'll figure out what to do with them. Um, so anyway, all right. So as always, we're going to, not always, but most times, we're going to tie up this conversation with a six-pack of questions. Question. Question number one. So we began this this program by like a long drawn out use of a, an analogy with something that actually happened. So a 17 year old kid goes up to save a cat, gets stuck and needs fire department to help him out. Which is funny. He's 17, you know, you're not a kid, kid. He, That's you know, true. He's, well, pretty much a grown man, you know? Yeah. I mean, but good for him. Good for him. So my question to you, um, have you ever gotten into a situation like that where you literally had to, holler for help or like had to like you got stuck in some kind of situation you could not get out of and you were like frozen and you needed someone to help you I mean that would be like uh, that would sum up my childhood oh really like (laughs) that's where you lived having good intentions and just like getting into trouble or things just getting out of hand Mm -hmm. you know that that would have been like my childhood you know for sure Hands down. Just constantly. Yeah. But in college, my friend, my roommate and I, we played sports and, you know, we all lived in the dorm and, and we had a lot of fun. And uh, we started a prank. There started in the dorm like pranks, which is normal. But if you get a bunch of college dudes in a dorm, like pranks just happen. And they're funny. Like there there was nothing that was like, hey, let's like let's like burn the building down or do anything crazy. It was just like, hey, you know, we're going to like you know, flip your bed upside down or, you know, like we're going to do this. And, but just like any pranks with guys and good intentions, they get out of hand. So it's like, if you prank me, well, I'm going to prank you and then I'm going to prank you worse and I'm going to get you worse. And it just started snowballing within our dorm room system, like the whole floor, you know? And before we knew it, it was just out of control. And my roommate and I just decided that we were going to win. So we just went all in on this prank and it was awesome. But the guy got upset and reported us and then we got in trouble. And then before I knew it, I was like sitting in front of the, you know, the board of chairman at the university trying to convince them not to kick me out of college. Wow. That got out of hand fast. Right. And I was just, I was like, I was kind of like, I cannot believe it got to this point. Right. But it did like it got to that point and now I'm like trying to convince them not to kick me out of college. I made phone calls to everyone I knew who was like important to call. And the, eventually I got like my roommate and I got some like service hours around campus, pick up trash. Like it was no big deal. But the reality is like, <laughs> you know, no one ends up like a drug addict or living with someone or deep into sin. Like, I, I really believe, at least my experience in my own life and talking with people, everyone starts out with good intentions. And then, like, eventually, like, something just goes south and it snowballs. And then before they know it, they're like, how did I end up here? Right? Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes this is what happens in our spiritual life is, like, you, you, we kind of look back at it like, okay, what happened? Like, how did I backslide? Like, St. Mm-hmm. Padre Pio was saying, like, if you're not moving forward, you're, you're going to get blown backwards. And the enemy is going to keep pulling you away. And, and then you wake up one day and it's like, how did I get this for? Like, how did I end up in a 
unhappy marriage or in an adulterous relationship or living with my boyfriend or girlfriend or drinking too much or overeating or unhealthy. How, it didn't happen overnight, right? This is the beauty of Lent is it calls us to return to the basics of prayer and fasting because th that routine and that discipline brings us back to the Lord, like in, and to, to acknowledge our sinfulness and our need for God and our life. That's the reality is that we're all spiritually poor and we need Jesus, right? And so as our intentions shift, let the reality of the grace begin to move us towards God, not away from God. And look, it doesn't matter how far you've slipped away. It doesn't matter if you're the woman at the well and you're like, it's too deep. No excuses that God can't overcome. Nice. All right, question number two. So you mentioned uh, first week of Lent, already having trouble with um, you know your penances or whatever your like program you started. I would love to hear your thoughts on how important it is to keep a kind of like a um, a light attitude when it comes to our own weaknesses and shortcomings because Lent is a time that, and you see this with people, Paul, is like if. If we tend to be very scrupulous or very hard on ourselves, Lent can actually be a very tough time for people because those folks, they're either going to stick to their penances and then they're like, I'm doing great until like week three or four. And then it's like, I'm doing terrible. Or like from the gate, they already feel terrible about themselves because Lent's not going the way they want. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the importance of this kind of lighthearted attitude with our own impatience, with our own shortcomings, our own inability to, you know, to do penances or whatever else uh, during this holy season. If you're doing anything that's not leading you to fall deeper in love with Jesus, then I would question why you're doing it. Like that's what our penance should be leading us towards, following deeper in love with Jesus, right? Mm. And I think we can overload ourselves and then we, you know, we feel like failures. And, you know, I think one of the things I've actually learned from you in your you know, spiritual life and journey. Maybe you don't see this about yourself. I think oftentimes we can see gifts in other people uh, and your personality is it you, you oftentimes have a way to kind of find humor in your own mistakes or kind of laugh it off. Not in like a, like pushing it off. Like I'm not dealing with that, but like, I think there is a certain spiritual uh, gift of taking, taking ourselves more lightly at times and not you know, shaming and, and being so hard on ourselves because life is hard as it is, you know? Yeah. It's certainly something that I need to work on in my life. You know, my theme for the year is joy. I'm horrible at it. I'm working on it. You know, uh, I'm trying to celebrate $2 million statues that don't really exist. But, you know, I, I think that is a, a beautiful discipline. But to go back to the to, you know, whatever it is we're doing for Lent and trying to grow in, if if those things aren't moving us towards Jesus, then then like then we're doing them for ourselves, right? Mm, mm -hmm. And it could be anything. Like, I, I need to get in shape. Well, why? Because the, the Lord wants me to feel better and like, like healthier so that I can be more engaged in the spiritual life, right? Like if mm -hmm. it's if it's so that people can look at me and tell me I look great and I can post pictures on Facebook and like if it's for that, then like, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you know where I'm going with this. Uh, as we're on the theme of St. Padre Pio, and, and part of this is because I'm writing a, 
or a chapter on him, but th- that, that's besides the point. So it's sort of fresh in my mind. But, you know, it's been really cool as I'm writing about these saints in this book is I, I'm getting to know them, like, personally. And mm-hmm. that's been, like, you know, I'm getting more out of this than, than probably the reader will. And he says that, you know, prayer is the best weapon we possess, the key that opens the heart of God. And if our Lenten penance and fasting and growth doesn't include prayer, then I don't know what, you know, like that should be like at the bare minimum, we should be trying to grow in that, like prayer, Mm -hmm. right? Because that is the ultimate, you know, factor in our relationship with God. Like without it, we don't have that that connection with God. And he says, prayer is the best weapon we possess, the key that opens the heart of God. Wow. All right, question number three. So we talked a bit about the importance of community in the sense of like that kid stuck in the tree needed help to like get out of it and that kind of stuff. I would love to hear, so like Lent is a pilgrimage. It's a, it's a pilgrimage into a sacred time. So like we go on pilgrimages to sacred places all over the world there's a sacred time every year to go on pilgrimage. And pilgrimages are best done in groups and communities, right? And even the pilgrimage of Holy Week, our Lord had his disciples as they journeyed to Jerusalem together and celebrated the Passover meal together. And even with his mother and, and, and the women that were there and the disciple whom he loved that were there at the cross with him, even he didn't go on this pilgrimage alone, right? I'd love to hear your thoughts on the importance of a Lent that is in a community versus like a Lent completely by myself. Um, what, what urgency is there to like have this small group around us, like this community that we can journey with during this holy season? I do find it good, like with your friendships and, and, you know, maybe your small group or whatever to share your penances and hold each other accountable. You know, one of the cool things, and I'm sure you're starting to experience this in your own family, particularly as you're, you know, your, your kid, your top half of your kids get a little bit older mm-hmm. is, <laughs> is, is that uh, like it becomes a very, which is cool. Like a normal conversation around the dinner table, around the house, you know, cause we have, you know, older kids and of like, Hey, what are you doing for Lent? Like what, what you, what you got going, what's your plan? Mm-hmm. And like, there's like a very open, honest dialogue that's happening. And then it becomes, it's like, Hey, how are you doing in that? Like what, you know, where, where have you struggled? And, there's the, it's just kind of really cool because like the community of our family is like, Hey, we're all doing this. We're in this together. We're all doing different things, but like, there's no like sort of like, let's all kind of isolate ourselves into Lent. It's sort of like all on the table. Mm-hmm. Now our life in our home is like very transparent. Like, <laughs> like nothing's really, nothing's hidden. Like, it's just all, like we talk about everything and everything is sort of on the table, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's been very fruitful because, you know, <clears throat> it could be even, so when it comes to Lynn, it's like, you know, I'm not going to just be private and Gretchen's not going to be private and everybody just go in your room and be private about Lent. There was something very uh, unique and cool about it being communal, you know, and certainly there may be some obviously private things that you're working on repentance wise and reconciliation, things like that. Yeah, certainly. But <clears throat> there's no shame in like, inviting people into your Lenten journey. Right on. All right, question number four. We talked a bit about uh, the prodigal son parable and like these two sons, the one that went to loose living and then the one that was stayed home but was like, I don't know, angry, proud or whatever. Um, 
Can you help us imagine, like, if we're that faithful son who goes to Mass all the time and prays and, like, you know, can you help us imagine where we might actually be called to grow this Lent? Because, um, you know, it's hard to imagine that. Like, when, we, when we're checking all the boxes of Catholicism, it's hard to imagine any, the deeper thing that God might be calling us to. And so maybe share with us some of your thoughts when you reflected on that story for that elder brother. You know, like, how might God be calling us deeper? You know, what is the main thing that the father called him back to, both of them, was their identity as his son, right? Both of them. He went to both of them and reminded each of them that they're his sons. Once, you know, wished him dead and spent all his inheritance. But, you know, the other son was living life uh, in, in a sense of self-reliant without the father, right? Without this close relationship. And what did he need to hear? He needed to be reinsur- reassured that the father loved him. And I think as we become more self-reliant and, and like we, we just kind of go, you know, and we're, you know, then we, then self-reliance, we've talked about this on the show is, is one of the sneaky ways of like falling spiritually because mm-hmm. then we, we realize, Oh, I don't really need God. And then, and then we stop hearing his voice that we're his sons or his daughter, you know, divine filiation. And I think it's important for us as we grow as adults and maybe grow in our spiritual disciplines that we always remain in communication with God and and know that we need to hear the Father's uh, love for us. It's good stuff. All right, we'll have to do that this Lent. Yeah. That's that's my project. There it is. All right, question number five. So we talked about St. Barbara and how she became the patron saint of fireworks um, and killed by her own father and then God... Struck him dead on his way home yeah. by lightning. That's yeah. intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but drama is 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 a real thing, and a lot of times family drama, like in this case, is a very real thing and struggle. And I bet a lot of our listeners currently are, are experiencing some drama relationally and other things like that. I would love to hear your thoughts on this trust in God that that allows Him to take care of some of that drama. Because there's some things we can solve. There's some problems we can't solve. There's some we can't. Yeah. You and, know, I just had a... Um at this mission, you know, I have people come and talk to me and this situation where, um, this person had a, a child, adult child that was living with, uh, you know, significant other that is the same age as her dad. Oh, wow. It was okay. Very awkward, you know, and this mother was sad, right? Like, she's like, I don't know what to do. And there's no right or wrong. Like there's like, it's complicated. It was super complicated situation. And I just said like, this is one of those situations where you had to double down in prayer and intercession, like calling on the intercession of saints and praying consistently, like double dose of intercession for your child, Mm -hmm. because there's, you know, there's not much else you could say or do. Like, you know, she had kind of gone through everything they've already done. And it just brought me back to like, sometimes like intercessory prayer, we don't realize how powerful it is that we should be praying specifically for our children, our spouses and like constantly and like not giving up on that. And so maybe this Lent, it's like you're doubling down on those intercessory prayers for something specific in the family or for a person. Man. 
Yeah, I need to do more of that. I'll do that. Thanks, Paul. This has been a great episode for me. I don't know about anyone else. Pick a saint for each of your children and ask specifically for that saint Mm -hmm. to intercede for them. Nice. All right, question number six. We are preparing, like we talked about, to renew our baptismal vows of... uh, you know, dependence on God, rejection of sin, and, and faith in Him. And you brought up the Creed, which is part of those vows Leander. from St. Leander. Remember that? Yes. How it's said at Mass every mm-hmm. day. I would love to hear your thoughts on making Mass more meaningful, because it is crazy how something we do so often, we just we just do. Even as adults, even as Catholics who really are into this stuff, it can become very routine. I've been shocked as a clergy member at how easy it is, especially because I'm serving Mass every day, to let things become routine mm-hmm. and like forget what I'm doing. Um, this Lent, and especially as we prepare for Holy Week, the most important liturgies of the year, what have you found to be effective to kind of help people like understand what's happening at Mass and participate well in it? The beauty of the liturgy is it's routine. Like it just flows. We can enter into it, right? The life of the liturgy. Uh, and the negative is that we can get halfway through Mass and be like, oh, where am I? Right, right, right. Uh, so one of the things that I started kind of instituting like personally, but in my family is, and it's important. I've just tried to communicate is I want to get to mass early and I want to pray before mass starts, like significantly, you know, mm-hmm. and to a point where like when mass starts, like my heart and mind is there, it's present. And that's just been a, a good thing for us. And, you know, it's hard because you're trying to get everyone out of the house and everyone ready yeah. and, you know, Yada, yada. But it's been extremely important. And I know some people pray after Mass, right? Uh, But I have found that in order to enter into and make Mass more meaningful and, like, to become aware of it is, you know, praying before. You can do that at home with the scriptures, the gospel readings. But for me, it's been showing up at the church early and, like, getting there. I'm not always great at it, but it's important to me because I know that if I don't do it, I get halfway through Mass. I'm like, oh, it's a collection basket, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, it's like, wait, 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 what happened? So anyway, all right, great show, man. Uh, we're in Lent and uh, it's awesome. So just wake up every day and try hard. Like, and, and when you fail, get back up. It's awesome. That's what Lent's about, relying on Jesus, returning to him. Thanks for listening in. Be a part of the show, the podcast. And uh, thanks for all our sponsors. We'll be back next week. God bless.